What's up, brother? And welcome to the Becoming Kings podcast. I'm Johnny King, and I'm a life enthusiast, growth mentor, and men's lifestyle fulfillment coach. I've dedicated my life to helping men who feel like they're just not living up to their full potential to level up and become the king of their kingdoms. So whether you've been feeling stuck or numb or extremely angry with not living up to your greatest potential in any area of your life, then I'll be in your ears every week dropping some truly transformative episodes to help you become a man that you're proud to be. I'm glad you're here. Let's get to it. What's going on? It's Johnny King with another episode of the Becoming Kings podcast. You know, a little throwback to uh, the first, let's say, 150 episodes of this show. I had started my podcast. Now, it was called The Johnny King Show. Why The Johnny King Show? Because I didn't know what else to name it. And I figured that was the best one to go with. And having said that, I didn't, uh, it, it was about anything and everything right? When I was in third grade, um, (laughs) my very strict school teacher had a real hard time, you know, like reining me in. I, I didn't have a whole lot of, uh, desire to focus (laughs) and to, uh, to be a good student. So when my parents came in for a parent teacher conference, um, she said, Johnny is a very challenging you know, child to work with. And she said, to be quite honest, um, I feel like every single day I'm in competition with the Johnny King show. And when my parents have told me this story back in the day, it would always kind of bring, you know, smiles to their faces because they knew what type of kid I was as the the middle of five children. So that's kind of what, uh, spurred on the, the, the beginning of the Johnny King show, the podcast. But, but obviously as I continue to lean more and more into, supporting men, I came up with the whole idea of, you know, doing the Becoming Kings podcast and that brand and my book, and and I've been off and running with that. But what I used to do with the Johnny King show was actually just share <laughs> stories, stories from my childhood. They had, you know, the, the episodes had no purpose other than just to tell a story. <laughs> so uh, as a throwback on this episode... I'm going to throw it back to uh, the Johnny King show and I'm just going to share a story because I think it's funny. Um, but if you want to learn something, don't listen to this episode. <laughs> if you want lessons on relationships or entrepreneurship, uh, yeah, don't listen to this episode. But if you, if you want to laugh, then, uh, then keep on listening. <clears throat> okay. So <laughs> I'm already laughing. Um, there, when I was, when I was growing up, we lived in, in St. Louis in the good old Midwest. And um, there were, you know, other than squirrels and raccoons and things like that, like the, the vast majority of the wildlife you would see uh, would be deer. There were deer everywhere, right? Especially in St. Louis because there was no, uh, what am I saying? There was no uh, predators other than human beings. So, and hunting, at least in like inner St. Louis, wasn't a, a huge thing. So they'd have to, you know, do what they could to to sparse out the, the deer population. So hitting deer um, 
you know, in cars was a very frequent thing. I've hit uh, a deer and totally fucked up my truck when I was maybe just out of college. So anyways, they're all over the place. And uh, they're eating, you know, the understory foliage. Uh, they're kind of wreaking havoc on the, the local, you know, ecosystem. It really doesn't have anything to do with the story, but just, just go with it. <laughs> so there was, um, there was a, a morning where I was downstairs in the, in the kitchen getting breakfast, and my dog was going ape shit at the, uh, the back door that goes out to the pool area. And uh, this dog was kind of our, we had tons of dogs when we were growing up, but this was the, the one kind of mainstay dog that, that didn't get the boot. We would bring in the second dog so many different times and it, it would bite people or it would ruin the carpet by like scratching at the door or it would scratch the door when it, when it would thunder lightning or uh, it would shit all over the place. So we always had reason to get rid of all the other dogs. But this one dog, which was a, a cockapoo, half cocker spaniel, half poodle, uh, he was named Buffy, uh, super masculine name. And, uh, he was going apeshit at the back door. So I let him out <clears throat> and he goes tearing off into the far corner of the pool area, uh, where there's all these huge, like evergreen trees. And, uh, I thought that was kind of interesting, but cool, whatever. He, you know, he, he often hit, hit a, a, a loud bark and, uh, and that's about it. He, he wasn't actually all that ferocious whatsoever, right? Like he, he Buffy, would oftentimes get, uh, you know, bows put in his ears because my mom thought it looked cute, right? So he was, like I said, super ferocious of a uh, alpha dog. So he runs off out there, and I'm like, whatever. I'm making my, my food or whatnot. And uh, this is probably on a Saturday. I don't remember. But I feel like a weekend. Yeah, I think it was a Saturday. So... Um, at one point I'm done eating my food and, and Buffy is at the back door, just kind of like scratching at the door cause he wants to come in. And as I just about to open the door, I notice the dog is covered in blood. <laughs> I'm like, Oh fuck. So I'm like, mom, Buffy's covered in blood. She's like, what? I'm like, yeah. So she kind of panics and we kind of, you know, like what the hell? She's like, well, put him back in the, the back bathroom. So I put him in the back bathroom um, before we get cleaned out and cleaned up. And she's like, go, go see whatever he got into. I'm like, oh, this will be, be fucked up, <laughs> right? And I'm probably 13 at this point, right? Just probably like a junior high schooler. And so I go out to the pool area. And the pool area was surrounded by this, this black fence, uh, kind of like a steel steel fence and uh and the steel fence you know all these kind of uh posts had a point to them right so it's kind of like a long spear <laughs> so as I kind of make my way you know where I'm going with this don't you you're like oh shit as I make my way back to the back corner that's behind all these evergreen trees <clears throat> I hear this kind of rustling I'm like what you know so kind of like I'm, I'm bending down and I'm getting into my you know, my, my soldier mentality and I'm kind of creeping underneath this tree and I can see like, oh fuck, there's a, there's a deer back here. Oh shit. You know, and it's looking at me. I'm looking at him as I keep getting closer. Kind of, it's like, it's trying to get away, but it's not. I'm like, 
uh-oh. And so I kind of come out from underneath the tree to have a good look at what I was looking at. And this deer had attempted to jump the fence and didn't make it, right? So probably three-quarters of him did, but the back hind legs did not. So this deer had its front legs on the ground. Its back legs were straight out, uh, like horizontal, parallel with, with the ground on the other side of the fence, and it had like three, two or three of these steel fence spears going through it, right? And it's still alive, obviously, but it had like guts and everything else hanging all over it. And see, now I've already actually um, messed up the whole story because I, <laughs> I should have thought about this before. My dog hadn't gotten into this quite yet, right? Um, so I messed up the, the timeline of the story. I found that I forget exactly how I found the, the deer initially, but I ultimately, I found it. And since it was alive, we called uh, the police, the police called animal services or whatever. They brought out somebody, shot the deer, took it off the fence. And when I went out to go look at, you know, the mess, there was like, you know, organs and entrails and everything just hanging on the fence, you know, on display. It's like, oh, that's gnarly. So I remember going back and saying, okay, you know, don't let the dog out uh, until I'm able to like spray down the fence and clean it up. Now I'm remembering the story correctly. Someone else let the dog out. Not my fault. That's right. (laughs) Funny how I changed the story, right? Uh, So at some point I come back to clean the fence and go outside, and that's when I noticed Buffy was at the back door completely covered in blood. That's right. So then I was like, oh, shit. So I brought Buffy in, put him in the back, um, telling my mom, like, the dog got into the deer. She's like, put him in the back closet or back bathroom, go clean the fence, and then you can come back and clean Buffy. I'm like, okay. So I go spray off all the nasty shit from the fence and, you know, kind of spray away all the blood. And I come back to clean Buffy. And when I open the the door to the back bathroom, (laughs) he's thrown up like three huge, huge like puddles of just gnarliness, right? And if you have a queasy stomach, this is probably where you want to stop listening, right? So I'm I'm having a hard time not vomiting. I'm gagging, you know, like, oh my God, there's like, the nasty, it's not just blood, it's like, you know, organs and everything else that the dog ate. Probably the most masculine that dog has ever felt, right? It was his initiation. Let's just say that. <laughs> so there's blood, big, big pools of blood all over the bathroom floor. And I yelled at my mom like, hey, mom, you know, Buffy made a mess in here. I'll clean him up if you agree to clean up the back bathroom. She was like, cool. She doesn't know, you know, that uh, I'm leaving her the worst part of the job. Or so I think. <clears throat> so I grab the dog, leave three huge pools of blood. 
the dog is still covered in blood, right? So I'm trying to like hold him gingerly, but he wants to go. He's not feeling well. He's like traumatized by his own, you know, poor behavior. I take him upstairs to the uh, to the bathtub. I put him in the bathtub, and this is normally like a white little poodle, right? The dog is red, covered in blood, right? Oh man, so. He's not being cooperative. I'm like, come on, be still, you know, like, let me just wash you off and shampoo you and all this stuff. Meanwhile, it smells bad. Um, you know, I still feel like nauseous from downstairs, not to mention nauseous of like all the organs and all the nastiness that was hanging all over the fence. <laughs> and so I start cleaning the dog, um, you know, using like a, a big cup and water from the tub and pouring it all over him. And he, I'm getting frustrated because he's moving all over the place. I'm, you know, I probably have not washed that dog too many times since my mom used to like just taking him to the, the, the doggy, you know, hotel or the dog groomer. So being 12 or 13, I'm sure this is one of the first times I'm like, come on, you know, I'm getting angry at him. Well, as I'm yelling at him, he, you know, and I had probably put one or two, you know, cups of water all over him he decides to what like shake off right he sprays blood everywhere right all over the inside of the the tub and the glass and the whole shower area but then of course all over my chest all over my face and as I'm as I'm screaming like no (laughs) it goes all in my mouth and then I'm again almost about to to vomit again I'm like you know, trying so hard to not vomit. Oh man. Um, but I held it together. Ended up just like getting in the shower, (laughs) taking a shower with the dog, getting all cleaned up. So that's half the story, right? Traumatic, (laughs) probably more for the dog than for me. Um, you would think that would be the end of the story, but me being me, I guess, um, I get to Sunday school the next day and we had this very naive, uh, but sweet, um, Sunday school teacher, right? I told some of my friends about it, about what had happened to my buddies, uh, but not the rest of my Sunday school class, right? There's probably like eight of us in there. So I start making up this story. I don't know why I'm doing I just do this probably just because Sunday school is boring, you know, or so I thought anyway, so I was going to mix things up. So I start telling this probably like 27-year-old Sunday school teacher, you know, about this like this long-time um, relationship that I had built and cultivated with this local deer, right? And how I had trained it to trust me and to come and... Uh, I would put food out for it every single day, and uh, it was like my own personal Bambi, right? And the the look <laughs> that she had in her eyes was like, aww, <laughs> such a sweet, sweet boy, and what a great story <laughs> this is. <laughs> when I eventually uh, changed the, the tone, I was like, but then, one morning, yesterday morning, I... I I set my alarm to wake up to to feed Bambi and I somehow forgot to to wake up and I slept in and and Bambi being so you know 
so thoughtful and so concerned for my well-being, had attempted to jump the, the, fat, the back fence of the pool and tried to find me. And, you know, I go into this long, elaborate story, thinking it was at some point, honestly, I'm, like, ah, I'm just kidding. No, it didn't happen. Also, I, I really did honestly have a, uh, <laughs> a desire to, to just be like, just kidding. No, that didn't. Like, part of that story was true, but I did not have a personal relationship with Bambi. But of course, once I get into it, and uh, a bunch of the other girls were also just as greatly concerned as the our, our Sunday school teacher was, and I talk about how Bambi didn't make it over the fence, and how they ultimately had to kill Bambi and take it away, and then I had to clean up all the parts of Bambi that were left over. Like I had so, <laughs> so bad, dude, so bad. I feel so badly now about it, and yet it's still so funny. I. Uh, I had some of the girls like crying. I think, you know, my Sunday school teacher had her eyes watering. My two buddies that knew about the real truth of the story, they're kind of like partly laughing, you know, because uh, they think it's so funny. But then by the time like they see the reaction of some of the other classmates, they're kind of more like in shock and horror, like that I keep on telling the story. And then I didn't have the heart <laughs> to tell them the truth. <laughs> oh, man, the things we do when we're like 12 and 13. <clears throat> I I couldn't tell her. She was so so concerned. Um and for for like for me, for for my feelings that I had lost this best friend, right? Like a, literally a story out of some type of Disney movie. And uh <laughs> I didn't have the heart I didn't have the heart to tell her that it was uh you know, that yes, part of that story was true. But that uh, that the other part of the the story of you know having my best friend be a, a, a you know a deer that that wasn't true, um. So yeah, I uh, I had a lot of shame about that that story for a little while, <laughs> especially telling it of all places, not at school but at Sunday school, right? <laughs> I lied to my fucking Sunday school teacher, and. Uh, I'm pretty sure I, I who knows it. I'm well I would imagine she probably still remembers it and who knows. <clears throat> She's gotta be in her what, fifties or sixties now. <laughs> uh I never told her. So maybe I'll send her this podcast. I don't even remember what her name was to be honest. I have no idea what her name was. Um I just remember she was blonde. Uh so there you go. Um I've come a long way from my dishonest uh teenage years. But it was a pretty brutal experience, um, but also kind of a pretty funny one, given the, the, you know, the small little poodle who, you know, had bows in its ear and was actually a male, you know, getting into thinking of some type of part wolf. And then uh, probably very quickly realizing, oh, it regrets that decision to get into all of that stuff and then vomits it up everywhere. And then, then I end up with deer blood all over me and in my mouth and then I top it off with making my Sunday school teacher and a couple other women and girls in my Sunday school class cry because of how sad that story was <laughs> so there you go I told you hopefully you you got a laugh out of it there's no point to this episode other than that story I have so many of those stories and I did actually record most of them on the Johnny King show about uh, me killing a skunk 
with a uh, couple of different basketballs and a baseball bat. I think I maybe told the story about when my boa constrictor got out um, when I was in high school and uh, ultimately wrapped itself around my arm and around my neck, and I thought I was about to die. Um, I've got a lot of those stories. So if you care to listen to those, you're going to have to scroll back in my <laughs> in my episodes since I ultimately, they'll all say, you know, becoming kings. But uh, if you listen to them, they'll actually say, like, hey, Johnny King show. So all part of uh, the journey of becoming kings is uh, learning from your past discretions and <laughs> and made up stories. Anyways, that's all I got for you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Becoming Kings podcast. I'm Johnny King. We'll talk soon. Cheers. That's it for this one, and I want to thank you for listening. Hey, if you got some good ideas from this episode and you want more, please feel free to subscribe to the podcast. And if you think others may benefit from it also, share it on social media and tag me in your post so I can say hey. It would also mean a lot to me if you felt inclined to write a review of the show on Apple Podcasts since I read every single one of them. And if you've got any questions or topics that you'd like to recommend, or really just anything that you think I could improve upon, man, I thrive on constructive feedback. So hit me up with an email at podcast at johnnyking.com. Oh, and feel free to also subscribe to my YouTube channel, connect with me on LinkedIn, and follow me on Instagram at johnnyking and on Facebook at facebook.com backslash johnnykingmenscoach. Thanks again for joining me. I'll catch you next time.